you know, the most important thing is try not to overthink everything, you know, like what's your passion? What's your, what gets you up every day? Why do you want to do it? What, what's the big purpose here? What's your, what's your main drivers? Because at the end of the day, we all know that if business was easy, everybody would be doing it. Hello and welcome. I am Diana Barnett and you're listening to The Toxic Fox Show, a podcast dedicated to the entrepreneurs who give a damn. They care about the impact their business has on current and future generations. There are so many names to describe these businesses. Profit with purpose, impact businesses, social businesses, conscious businesses. One thing they all have in common is that they are good people doing good things with business. The aim is to give you, the listener, insight into how some of these business owners have created, consolidated, scaled their business. Hear how they have dealt with opportunities and challenges. From here, you pick the tips, tricks and hacks that can be adopted and adapted to your business. As my guest today says, the people you least expect have the greatest teachings. In all the episodes, there'll be familiar themes, people, strategy, finances, sustainability, impact, marketing, customers, storytelling, production, delivery, technology, scaling, failure, succession planning, exiting, and the list continues. What matters is how, as business owners, we make a profit in business to create the impact we're striving for. That's our purpose. Today, I'm delighted to introduce you to Kim Morrison, founder of 28 Chemical Free Skin Care and Essential Oils. She is a health and lifestyle educator, environmental health coach, author, aromatherapist, and she represented Australia and set a world record in ultramarathon running. She's in there for the long haul. Kim is passionate about helping women to challenge their potential, take responsibility for their own health and well-being, overcome obstacles, and acknowledge their own strength and beauty by taking good care of themselves. Rather than talking about Kim... Let's head over to the interview. So 28 is a company that really was designed for the benefits of someone like myself, a busy woman, maybe a mum, a career person, someone who is on the go. And, you know, I created it because I needed to take care of myself. And sometimes when we teach um, something it's often the subject or the topic or the manner in which we need to learn the most and probably for me self-care was something that I could easily put to the bottom of the list and I easily made other things a priority and I guess from my perspective to be the example I really put myself out there and created a business that was really designed around women not feeling guilty women feeling comfortable in their own skin to take some time out but more importantly to have the tools and the the accessibility to tools that really supported them to do it guilt-free but easily and very effectively and even when we only have a few moments to ourselves. So it was very much designed around helping the busy person, particularly women, to take better care so that they can be the, the best mum, wife, daughter, sister, friend, businesswoman, career person out there looking after their number one position of all and that's their health. So how do you deliver this help? 
It originally started with um, essential oils. Um, I've always been a big believer in the healing power of plants. I've studied them since I was 19. Um, I have, I'm a homeobotanical therapist. I have studied homeopathy, but my biggest passion of all was aromatherapy, studying the power of essential oils. Now, this therapy has been around for thousands of years, and even though it kind of comes in and out of vogue and people, you know, bandy the term around, or they think it's all this just this nice smelling thing when you really understand the science and the therapeutic benefits in behind the essential oils or the life force or the blood of the plant you realize that it's our way in today's modern busy world of bringing nature to us you know we all feel great when we walk along a beach in bare feet we know what it's like to walk in a forest we know how we feel when we're out there watering our garden or growing herbs there is a unspoken self-belief and virtuous feeling that you are connected to mother earth or connected to source or spirit or god whatever it is you want to call it but we know that we feel better our vibration improves in today's busy world um, to, to go and walk the beach or to go and have a spa treatment or to walk in a forest or to go and take our feet off and it sounds so idyllic but really it's not often that easy throw in young children babies um, busy husbands and it becomes an even bigger struggle so from my point of view it was our way of bringing nature indoors and supporting people to do it in very quick simple ways so a three second spritzer taking a deep breath when you're running a bath or if you're having a shower adding a couple of drops of oils it's doing the things that we're doing anyway but taking it to another level of awareness and consciousness around doing something nice for yourself okay so that's what you do can we take back and say how did you start the business that you're in today because i know you've been through different careers um through event management and through being a, nat a naturopath or etc but how did you actually start this business 28 look it was a dream to be honest with you I really was looking I had a, a girlfriend and I we started out it was in 2000 the year 2000 I had two young babies and I had a leading magazine in New Zealand ring me and ask me if I'd write an article on the powers of essential oil. She knew I was an aromatherapist. So I started writing this article and then I rang my girlfriend and I said, oh my gosh, I've got an idea. And she said, what? And I said, I think we need to write a book. Now, she went, of course, great, as all good friends would do. We'd never written a book before. We didn't even know what it took to write a book. So we just did up a two-page proposal, took it to our first publisher that we looked up in the yellow pages. It was that long ago. And we took it in, and we couldn't believe it. Two weeks later, even though they loved the idea, they refused us. And I remember looking at Fleur going, how could they? Like, this was such a good idea. And she looked at me and she said, oh, what do we do now? And I looked at her and I said, well, Harry Potter got turned down by nine, you know, nine times before she got a deal. We got eight to go, girlfriend. So we linked arms and walked out of there. And then this marketing lady ran after us and she said, girls, we really, I really personally loved your idea. Look, I just think our publishing house isn't best suited to you. Here's the name of somebody else that I think you should approach. And with that, the next day, I hand-delivered this proposal to the next publishing house and they called us in the next day 
And within a week, we had a deal with this publishing house. And not only that, we had a check given to us, which was so funny because we hadn't even written a word. So um, that's how it really started. I had been working for an aromatherapy company probably for 12, 13 years that was based out of Australia, even though I was living in New Zealand. I loved doing it. And I just kept thinking there's certain things that I would do more or add in if it was my company. And I so wanted to, to grow it in a way that I thought it could work. Fleur, my girlfriend at the time, she was also a beauty therapist. So she had the beauty therapy background and I had the aromatherapy background. And so we launched um, Like Chocolate for Women in 2001 in New Zealand. We were told it wouldn't sell more than a couple of thousand copies in New Zealand. And that book went on to sell uh, 8,000 copies in the first, I think, three months that it was on the market. We did three reprints in the first three months, which showed me that women out there were actually craving this information. And we were really excited by that point. Then we just still stayed linked with a different couple of number of companies. Um, we then launched two more books over the ensuing, ensuing few years. And it was just an amazing journey. And I realized um, that it was something that I really wanted to have was my own product. So I started researching how do we find high quality ethical products. We wanted a chemical free skincare range. But I'll tell you this, Diana. It, it took 10 years to research this. Like, I thought it would be easy. Everybody we approached, um, they said, oh, look, there's nothing wrong with parabens. Oh, look, there's nothing wrong with DEA or PEGs. There's nothing wrong with these things. It's only small amounts. And nothing sat with me. Yep. And at the same time, we approached um, TVNZ. We, I just thought by this stage with three successful books under our names, we needed to also have a television show. <laughs> when I think back to the, I don't know if it was arrogance or confidence, but I certainly thought that everybody needed to hear this message. And I approached TVNZ and they said, oh, my gosh, you know, maybe, maybe not. But over six months, I think I became a thorn in their side. I kept ringing and ringing and saying, how's that show looking? How's that show looking? In the end, the beautiful director of, of um, lifestyle shows over there called us in and she said, girls, I've got some great news. We've accepted your proposal. We're going to go with it. You've got your own television show. It's a 12-week session, uh, a program. Uh, we're going to call it like chocolate for women. We're all excited. And I just looked and I said, oh, my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, it was only going to have a Saturday morning slot, I think, at 8 or 9 a.m. in the morning, which, okay, it's not prime television, but we figured we'd make it into prime television. And then I turned around and I said, and, and who's the sponsor? And she said, oh, my gosh, we're so excited. It's L'Oreal. And I just <laughs> sat there and went, oh, my gosh, we can't do this. And she said, what do you mean you can't do this? And I looked at Fleur and I said, what are you thinking? And she said, I don't think we can do it. And she said, look, you just need to go away. You've been wanting this for six months. You girls need to seriously consider this. I finally got the right person on board, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, she gave us 24 hours. Well, I'd made my decision by the time I'd walked to the car park. And I just said to Fleur, oh, my gosh, like here it was, the most amazing opportunity, which probably would have launched us in a way of, I guess, the way that celebrity um, endorsement kind of activity does give you. And, yeah, we rang her back the next day and we said, we're sorry, we're turning it down. And, look, she asked why, and we knew that L'Oreal wouldn't allow us to say the things that we believed and what we thought because they were a company that we didn't necessarily agree with a number of their different philosophies. So, um, you know, that's when I really realised our values, our ethics and our real purpose in this was not to curtail to 
to the to the masses or to the biggest sponsorship things and it was really hard to turn that down I tell you it wasn't hard on a moral issue but on a on an ego yeah. side it was so hard to turn down can I can I just step back there mm. what gave you the inkling to ask who was the sponsor Oh, because we knew that it was all down to sponsorship, that you can't – I mean, it costs $200,000 to put a television show together. Mm. Most television shows have a minimum of $200,000. So we knew we didn't have the money to back ourselves. We also knew we'd approach mainstream television, and there's no way. But when I think back, there's no way they would have let us say all the big companies that advertise on their – on their station are companies that we wouldn't want to work with. So yep. it was probably never going to work. But, you know, anyway, it was a great thing to think that we finally got the okay, but as it was, we turned it down. You know, from there I just kept saying to Fleur, you know, we've got to, we've got to make this work and we've got to find the right things and the right company and that's what drove us even more to get our own products. However, it was during that time personally that my husband's sister tragically took her life and that just totally overrode everything and I guess over that period on a personal level um, my husband also went into a real heavy bout of depression and a, a number of personal things that were occurring over that time I realized that no matter how hard I was trying to make things work and to be positive and to keep working at what I was doing being a great mum and hopefully being a great wife I, I realised that probably the best thing we could do was to actually to move and have a fresh start. And so I texted a girlfriend over here, um, Cindy O'Meara, who's a nutritionist that I'm sure many of you and your followers would know. Um, she was a close girlfriend and I just said to her, I think I need to get out of here and I'm looking at September and she, she that was in the May of that year and she texted me back and said, oh my gosh, the beach house that we own in Malulabar is up for rent on the 31st of August, our tenants move out. So again, it was another sign to me that it was like, oh my gosh. So we decided and we moved over in September of 2006, we moved to the Sunshine Coast and I thought that that would be a new beginning for us. Um, and on one level it was. Unfortunately, it also meant that I had to break away from Fleur. And so I came over here and decided that, you know, after a year of working for Cindy and working for a couple of other people here, I realised that my I was really hungry to, um, to look back at what I could do here under my own brand and my own name. So Fleur also moved over here within that year, which was amazing. She uprooted with her family, which was so exciting. So I looked at her and I said, I think it's time. So we just launched Read My Lips with um, five other ladies over here, which was really successful. So I learned all the art of self-publishing and we decided that we would relaunch Like Chocolate for Women because we hadn't launched that over here, but this time we would self-publish it. So we needed $40,000 to launch this business and um, and, and the book and to, to do it all. And so we were all excited. Unfortunately, Danny and I had also lost a prop, went through a big loss back in New Zealand with a property deal that went wrong. But thankfully, we still had another property over there. So we sold that. And the money that we brought over, I knew that we could back um, ourselves with this new venture rather than buy a property. Um, 
rightly or wrongly, I then decided in my madness that that money shouldn't just sit in a bank. We should put it in with a financial institution. And at the same time that we launched Like Chocolate for Women, um, we also decided, oh, and I, I forgot to tell you that during the time of writing the book and all of that, out of the blue, we had a phone call from a lady who had put, picked up our third book about face at Auckland Airport and read it from Auckland to Perth. And she got in touch with us and said, Kim, I don't know if you remember me, but I studied aromatherapy with you in Melbourne in, 19, in the early 1990s. I have a beautiful chemical-free skincare company. I'm based in Perth. Would be really interested to work with you. And we rang her and connected, obviously, and we're really excited. Can you believe it? After 10 years of looking for different chemists, beauty companies, and all these different people, this lady just phoned us out of the blue. And she happened to have a chemical-free skincare company and sourced essential oils. So um, we ended up... Um, meeting with her in Perth at the same time I'd invested the rest of our money into this property uh, sorry this financial institution everything was looking great so we launched like chocolate for women we had 260 people come to the launch of our event after being told not many people come to events in the evening on the Sunshine Coast everybody gets up early there no one will come to it so we were very excited to have 260 people and media and everybody that's another whole story in itself how I how I made that happen but very excited, very humbled that we launched it and we sold so well. On the same night, we also launched 28 um, aromatherapies. So we had some blends and essential oils and it was so exciting because we sold nearly everything. And then it was three months later that we launched 28 Skincare. However, it was just before... Um, I now had to go and pay all the 40000 for the book. We had to pay, I think it was about 28000 for all the oils and the skincare things that we were doing. There was so much money and you're not going to believe it. But at the same, the same week I was about to pay everybody, um, we had news that the financial corporation that I'd invested all the money from another property into had collapsed and we in fact lost everything. At the same time, I realised that my husband was in a bit of a state. He hadn't really worked through personally on what had happened with his sister and losing our other house that we had in New Zealand. You know, the poor guy, all his earnings in 20 years and who he was as a man, his whole career had changed. He was a New Zealand cricketer and all of a sudden, in his words, he felt like he was nobody. And um, so he went into a real serious bout of depression and this all came to fruition when we realised that we'd lost, now we'd lost not only the property in New Zealand, but we'd also lost all the money that we'd invested into this institution as well. And I think it was at that point, also the same week, my beautiful grandmother passed away, who was my rock. Uh, look, you couldn't have hit me harder with so many things all at once. And, you know, I, I will be honest, I was in a heap on my bathroom floor and I could not breathe. So how did you move then off the bathroom floor to begin with, the first question? And the second question is, what did you put in place to um, go forward from there to be able to pay back the money, etc.? Yeah, it's, it's, I look back on it and I, I don't know, I sit there sometimes, Diana, and I think, how the hell did we get through that? Because, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners, my story is no different to somebody else as far as hitting the depths of despair. It's just a different different characters, different theme, different plot. Ours is no different to anybody else's. In fact, you know, when I think back to it, um, 
there I was on my bathroom floor and I had a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old and I had Danny rubbing my back going, come on, Bubba, we can do this. And I just told them all to leave me. I couldn't believe that I couldn't move and couldn't breathe. And so they all went down to the beach and they came back, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes later and I hadn't moved and I was just sobbing. And, um, you know, when the woman of the house is happy and healthy, life runs smoothly for everybody. But when she falls apart, I, I, you know, I, I will say that I think for many people, um, it can it can really rattle the uh, the foundations of a family unit as well. And Taylor, my beautiful ten year old daughter, has bought me a bottle of rose oil. She, you know, my children know the oils inside and out. And she came to me. She's mummy. It's rose oil. She knew it was five hundred dollars a bottle. And she said, please, please smell rose oil. And I was trying to inhale it. And I was going, please go away. And Danny's rubbing my back. And Jacob's going, Mum, you better tell me what's wrong. Anyway, I thought that all left me. And Jacob was lying on the end of the bed and he just looked at me and he goes, you better look at me right now. And, you know, he was coming up 10 and I looked at him and I said, Jacob, please just just go away. Mum can't do this. He goes, what is your problem? And I said, look, Jacob, mum and dad's marriage is on the rocks. I've just lost grandma. I've got to come up with 40000 for the book. I've got to come up with 28000 for the, you know, my oils and skincare. Jacob, we've got nothing. I am done and he looked at me and he goes yeah well you know the problem with you is that you're not sharing your problem and the problem with you is you're trying to get to a massive diamond sitting in the middle of a massive mountain and the problem with you mum is you're trying to get to it with nail clippers and I will never forget him saying it and I just looked at him and I was like what and he goes yeah yeah now you're listening and I'll never forget it and he goes (laughs) But you've always told us, Mum, that you should never give up one foot in front of the other. You, for goodness sake, you set a world record being an ultramarathon runner. Surely this is an opportunity for you to get up. The kid was nine, coming up 10. And I just looked at him and he goes, but you could have promised me if you promised to get up and you put one foot in front of the other, then I promised you people are going to come along with, with shovels and, and spades and they're going to help you hack into that mountain. And, and Mum, if you look at me, you better look at me. And I'm now looking at him with like total shock really and he's going, if you promise me you won't give up, then I promise you people are going to come along with diggers and we're going to be able to get into that mountain even more. And then mum, here's the big thing. If you promise me right here, right now that you'll never give up on 28 and like chocolate for women, that massive diamond, then I promise you that someone's going to hand you the TNT dynamite stick and you're going to push that mother of a thing and the mountain's going to erupt and there's the diamond, the diamond that you know is in there and the diamond that you know is in you to help other people go out and shine theirs. I, I tell you, I still to this day, whenever I tell that story, I get goosebumps. And I just looked at him and I said, Jacob, where did, where did you get that from? That is, that is profound. And he looked at me and he goes, oh. He goes, oh, actually, it's this really cool PlayStation game. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was wondering if I could get it. Like, you know, his unbelievable naivety, but sheer wisdom and timing. I picked my sorry self up off that floor and I asked him to draw me the mountain. And it still, to this day, sits on the inside of my cupboard and he, every now and again, will in my bathroom, he'll come in and he'll say, what level are we at? And, um, you know, when I think about it, sometimes our children or the people you least expect have the greatest wisdom, the greatest teachings of all. And he'll never, still to this day, he, he doesn't realise how much Taylor offering me rose oil to inhale and him with that story just anchoring it in just 
yeah, I picked myself up. So with that, I, I wrote down what my job goal was, how much money I owed and what I was going to do to get it back um, or how I was going to do it to pay this all off because the book was already at print. It had already, you know, we'd already launched it. So I had to come up with all this money. So I started putting it out there and writing in my journal and manifest how I could manifest it and what it would look like. And another beautiful friend here on the Sunshine Coast, I was telling her what had happened. And I'm not kidding, while we were sitting there, she um, pulled out her checkbook and she said, here's $20,000. And I said, I beg your pardon? And she said, I believe in you, you can do this. And look, it wasn't anywhere near what I needed, but it was enough to keep all the creditors at bay so that I could actually start selling the oils and with Fleur and, and the together, the two of us, um, she was such a great, she was my partner at the time, but she was such a great advocate. I know I drove the business and I drove every decision, but without her love and support and her kindness and her belief in me and her skills alongside of me, um, I don't know if I would have picked myself up. So, yeah, that's what we did. And we slowly crawled our way out of the whole thing one day at a time. So using that and going on to practical sides of the business, what sort of business strategies did you put in to get through that, through selling it and all that sort of stuff? Well, our business plan, our three-year business plan was that within three years we would sell online and within three years we would be in major retail chains, in particular David Jones. That was our big goal. I don't know why, but that was the goal within three years. On the night, so we launched Like Chocolate for Women, the book and the essential oils in August 2009. In November 2009, we launched 28 Skincare. And uh, I, on the night that we launched 28, a lady, Skincare, a lady came up to me and she said, Kim, you know, I love your book. We love what you girls are about. Is there any chance you'd come out to um, Toowoomba and do a talk? I've got a few girlfriends that I'd love to hear this message. And I said, of course. So a couple of weeks later, Fleur and I drove out to Toowoomba. We took out all our oils and skincare and we did what we call a sparkle event or a sparkle experience. And um, we had 36 women sitting in this lounge room of this lady's house. And three hours later, we were taking orders and we in fact sold $6,500 worth of product. Now, as we were packing up for the three-hour drive home, we got into the car and I looked at Fleur and I said, this isn't a David Jones brand. This isn't a retail brand. This is a this is a face-to-face -face experiential brand. This is an online and, for want of a better word, an in-home party plan uh, business. And she looked at me and she goes, I think you're right. And I, I, I swear to you, I thought, I I don't even particularly like party plan, even though I don't mind going to beautiful, you know, Intimos and Tupperwares and, and Thermomixes. I love all these businesses. And all of a sudden I thought maybe 28 is a hands-on blend. So um, our whole business model turned its whole look overnight. And so then we did another whole strategy and then we thought, right, we need to get consultants on board. We need to train people to do what we do. And so for the next two years, that's what we did. And I started looking at getting consultants. Within 18 months, we had our first training for consultants and um, <laughs> stupidly gave everybody, you know, thousands of dollars of worth of product thinking that you know, that would be the right thing to do and look mistake after mistake. We had people disappear off the face of the earth after the training and never paid us a cent and took off with all the product. Um, 
we then realised half of the group that we trained didn't even want to speak in front of people. We, oh, when I think that, oh, if you had to put me back there, I don't know if I'd want to go there. So it was another thing. And at the same time, Fleur's marriage broke up and she decided she had to move back to New Zealand. Yep. So um, in that time, I realised, thankfully, I had another partner for a short, a short period of time who was amazing with budgeting and money and finances. And so she really helped me get over my story of not being good enough with money after losing everything with that um, financial institution. I, I then created some stupid self-doubt story that I wasn't any good with money. And um, thankfully, I was in partnership with her for nearly two years. And it was during that period I really started to find my feet and started to really find the pulse of the business and who was I in this and what was my job. And um, and I then realised, you know, that our partnership then folded um, through a course of events. And I realised three years ago, actually in August, three years ago was the day that I took over the business and really took a hold of it. And I guess the turning point for me was having Cindy O'Meara who started to really grow her business and really watch her fly and started asking her to mentor me and help me through getting my business to fly after all these humps and hurdles and challenges and obstacles. And, you know, one of the things that Fleur said to me when she went back to New Zealand, um, I, I just sort of said, I looked at her and I said, gosh, maybe this is the universe saying, you know, I shouldn't do this anymore. And she looked at me and she said, oh, maybe, honey, it's the universe asking how bad do you want it? And I've never forgotten that. And after talking with Cindy, then she introduced me and I started getting to know her business coach. And it was two years ago I took on the skills and the, and the, and the professional um, coaching of having a business coach. And that is when my business really started to change um, structure. Today's episode is sponsored by the Cultivate Collective. It's where the sum of the parts is greater than the whole. You connect with your peers, other entrepreneurs, draw on their wisdom and perspectives and address challenges and celebrate your wins. If you're looking for it, it's cultivate.biz. Connect, cultivate, impact. So can we just pursue the two things of having a mentor and a coach? Mm-hmm. How did you use an informal relationship with as a mentor, is that the way you see a mentor? Um, I think a mentor is somebody that you look up to, uh, somebody that you think is doing well in an area that you're interested in. It could be someone that inspires you the way they live their life. It could be someone that mentors you in relationships. It could be someone that mentors you in business. It depends what it is that you're looking for. I mean, a mum can be a mentor, a dad can be a mentor. I don't think it really matters who the title of that person is, it's just the timing or when that need for you comes along and someone that you see that's doing it really well. If you are inspired to ask for them and have the courage to ask them to help you, but more importantly, to call you on it when you're not doing perhaps what you think you should be doing or they think you should be doing, um, that's what I asked Cindy to do. And she was happy with that. 
I think what started to occur, and she's still a mentor of mine to this day, but what started to occur is her, as her success grew, she got too busy for me to meet with her weekly. Uh, the lady that lent me the $20,000 was a mentor for a while, and she'd done very, very well with business in a debt collection agency. So I asked her for advice and support. What did you do? I think the thing I've learned the most is you don't have to be skilled at anything. You just have to be uh, courageous enough to ask the questions and gather information. That's all you're doing is gathering information. You think about it, even studying a degree in business is gathering information and then turning that information into something that you can practically apply. So when she started saying to me, Kim, I think you need Bruce. I think you need a coach. I mean, Bruce took her in five years from what she earned in a year to now what she turns over in a week. And I realized that I definitely wanted this business to grow. It had potential. I had everything in place. I had worked so hard. We'd had, I had two business partners. I had learned so much from both of them. And now it was ready for me to put my big girl's pants on and step up and be a businesswoman, a business owner and a business director. So I am, I rang Bruce, I'll never forget it. I rang him and I said, hi, Bruce, it's Kim Morrison here. And he just went, <laughs> yes, yes. I said, oh, I'm not sure if you know me. And he goes, yes, I've been waiting for this call for three years, Kim. So, um, you know, and he has been instrumental um, as well as having the most loyal, beautiful team members that really want to see me fly. I've got the best team and I had the most amazing coach. I have a most incredibly supportive husband and two children that hopefully I inspire on a daily basis that um, that allowed me to really step up and, and step into the truth of what this business and the potential of it can be. So you still work with Bruce? Yes. Oh, yes, I can't be without him. And is that sort of like a weekly thing or a monthly thing? How does that work? Started out, we did one-on-one -on -one coaching to start with for the first year, which was to help him understand my business and to him um, to really support me and where I was going and what my goals and intentions were. And most of that was personal, by the way, not business. So he found out what my drivers were personally in order to help me because you know in business, anybody that's in business, in fact, I'm yet to meet anybody that says, oh, it's a walk in the park. It was so easy. Um, no, never had a struggle. No, never had worry problems. No, never had to worry about the tax man. I, I haven't met a business person yet that hasn't had all the challenges that I've had and some. Um, so what Bruce did was find out what my personal goals were because on those days that it's hard and it's tough, he reminds me of what it is that I'm personally aiming for. And I think that's a really great distinction. So he's also taught me, I got accepted into doing an MBA last year and I thought that's what I need. I need the piece of paper. So I was about to, you know, spend anywhere between twenty dollars and $30,000 doing my MBA. And Bruce just looked at me and laughed and said, you're kidding me, right? And I said, well, I think I need the piece of paper. And he said, Kim, just put your money where your mouth is. Do the work. I'm your MBA. And he's right. And the great thing is, is by having a business coach, he's actually coaching me practically hands-on with my business. So I meet with him. We have to do focus sheets every week. I meet with him now every three months, every 90 days, we have what's called a board of directors. So I'm on a board where I have five other businesses on my board and we spend two days in a board meeting, listening to each of our five businesses, and we have a board buddy, so someone that I have to report to on a weekly and monthly basis. So 
it's it's accountability more than anything, Diana, and it's also someone and people that you can talk to when it's tough, but also to to celebrate with when you have the wins. And um, those those five people in that group, mm-hmm. are they did he introduce you to each of them, or yes. did you choose them? No, he cho- he chose them. He put us. You have to earn the place. You have to earn the right to go onto a board, and he puts you there when he thinks you're ready to to be in a board. So we have a plumber, a pest management business. We have a sawmill business. We have a computer IT business and a naturopathic. Um, business of these six and also a um, engineering mechanical business so they're all and then there's me a skincare and chemical free uh, chemical free skincare and aromatherapy business so we're all very different and you would think how does that all work but in fact the beauty in it is that learning I learn more watching them work through their problems and their challenges looking at how they strategically approach problems probably more than looking at myself sometimes you're so in it and you're so personally and emotionally attached to your own business you can't make well I'm not saying you can't you maybe don't always make the best decision for yourself so to have the six businesses all looking at me and then giving me feedback on what they think I should be doing and me getting their permission on things that I want to do is I don't know I think it's really great it's like I have a board in my own business that I report to and so the um you then set up goals that you um Yep. have to set um, a meet, be accountable, and you, when you go back, you report back on those goals. Yes, we have a 90-day plan. We have majors and minors that we have to achieve, and we go through those very strategically. And at the end of every month, you have to do a report. Look, it's huge. And I'll be honest with you, I hate it. Sometimes Sometimes I'm like, really? Is it really the end of the month again? Um, but I think... It's like, you know, as I said before, I I had the privilege of playing netball to state level. I had the privilege of representing Australia in ultramarathon running. And I had coaches in both of those sports. And it's thanks to my coaches that I had when I was running that I ended up setting a world record. I mean, honestly, in a 24-hour race, when you're off the track, the last thing you want to do in the middle of the night is go back on the track and keep running. But when you've got a coach sitting there going, you signed up for this. It's 90% mental, 10% physical. It's not always to the swift, but to those that keep on running. Winners finish, finishes win. You know, all of these things that they keep, and they keep you calling on your why. It is so easy to give in when you don't have someone else, I believe, to keep you accountable. And I'm one of the most, I think, driven people I know. You know, I'm very driven. I'm very, I want to succeed. I want to have things in place. But you know what, I can talk myself out of that so quickly and I have so many wonderful reasons why I can't do something. But the real discipline lies in stepping out of that comfort zone and stepping beyond the fear or the worry or the confusion or the doubt or the procrastination and getting stuff done. So how would you advise someone going about selecting a um, coach for themselves? I don't know. I think I, I completely got lucky. Um, I think Bruce being a five times award-winning international global coach and someone that I'd seen already do the work with so many businesses, including one of my best friends, I, I felt very lucky. I mean, you know, I would recommend Bruce to anybody. So, you know, he has an incredible 
um, business that he coaches people nationally, internationally and around the world. So I think if you don't know where to go, go on my recommendation, get in touch with Bruce Campbell um, and, and, and ask him. And if he can't help you, he will put you onto somebody that could. I, I just think his strategies, his he has such a powerful way. He walks his talk. He knows people's individualities and their um, their personalities. He's done a lot of self-work. I mean, his coach is Keith Cunningham, who is the rich dad and rich dad, poor dad. I mean, you can't get better than that, in my opinion. So, you know, but that, that's not to say I, I just don't know any other coaches out there. All I would say is you'd want to know that they're walking their talk that they are accountable, that they themselves are still being coached because none of us can ever stop learning and maybe perhaps look at um, recommendation. I've had a number of people ring me personally to ask my experiences of working with someone like Bruce and how I found it. So personal recommendation is also something that I would very much take um, probably above any testimonial that I see on a website really. Mm. Um, yeah, it's um, personal recommendation for anything is... I think is mm. the way to go, and um, I'll put a I'll get links to his website from you later, um, mm. so that people can link through. Yeah. Um, what's um, what would you give advice to people starting out in business now? Um, you know, the most important thing is try not to overthink everything you know like what's your passion what's your what gets you up every day why do you want to do it what what's the big purpose here what's your what's your main drivers because at the end of the day we all know that if business was easy everybody would be doing it um, I think and I don't know if the statistic is right but somewhere between 80 and 90 percent of all businesses startup businesses go out of business within five years and every business started out as a great idea. Um, so, you know, don't give up on the great idea. But I would really do some strategic thinking and analysis around um, your market, what is your goal, your distribution network, your, or have somebody that maybe knows a bit more than you uh, as, as an accountability person or someone that has you think outside the things that you may not know. If you're really great in business and with numbers and all of that sort of thing, then brilliant. But I think sometimes it's usually those of us that go into business are very creative types. That doesn't necessarily bode well for being good at numbers. Um, you know, I, I, I haven't met too many people that are great at numbers and great at ideas. You know, you've either got skills in one or the other. However, you can always learn the other. So um, I think, you know, Bruce said to me at the beginning, if you'd had me from the beginning, you wouldn't be suffering with a number of these things that he calls dumb tax. So, um, you know, things like for me, a big major dumb tax that I had to, I've paid a lot, cost me $80,000 actually, was was not sorting out my contracts um, around IP and patents and um, I hadn't thought about trademarks and, you know, I just figured, oh, I got 28.com, therefore I own the name. Um, so it cost me a lot uh, of time and money, which I would never have thought of had it not been for people with skills that do know that stuff. And, you know, I think give yourself a little bit of a break too. Neither should you know everything. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things I've had to really forgive myself for over the last couple of years is, is not thinking I should have known this and I should have known that, you know, part of me... I tell you another mentor, one of the things he said to me, 
he was watching me there, packing orders, trying to do up an invoice, answer the phone, um, organise picking up my kids from school, um, making sure I was going to leave in enough time to pick up Danny, my husband, from the airport, all of these things that you're juggling. And he just looked at me and chuckled one day. He was sitting there. He was a mentor I had for a couple of months. And I just looked and I said, how can you laugh at me, Mike? How can you be sitting there laughing? And he goes, sweetheart, enjoy the struggle. Enjoy the journey. And this guy's a multimillionaire, by the way. He goes, I look back at you now and realize that those times were actually the times that really made who I am today. It's through the struggle, the journey, uh, the struggle and the, and the challenges and the journey and the attitude and approach that you take to that that will have you come out the other side. And I tell you what he said, when you are successful and when you are sitting there, you'll look back at these times and remember how much heart, blood and soul you put into it. And it just makes that feel so much more sweeter. So I still sit here hoping that those words of him will be when I'm sitting there, when I get to buy a house again one day and when I have a multi-million dollar business that's turning over wonderful profits that I can put back into the community and to grow it and to have people working as a beautiful team and to be inspirational to my children and my husband and all of those things, then that's another little quote that I have sitting in my bathroom um, it's and one is you know success is not so measured by the possessions one has achieved in life but by the way in which they've overcome the obstacles and challenges and I read that every single day that I can wake up and know that even though it's tough some days and some days I think gosh how am I going to pay the girls wages how am I going to do this um, every day I just find a way and and my reason why is, is for my children and for my husband. And that is a massive reason for me to get up every day and to be the person that I want to be and to know that nothing is necessarily handed to you on a plate or is easy. But the journey that Mike so succinctly put into words and the way you overcome those obstacles, the attitude that you choose to embrace each day, whether it's a great day or a not so great day, that ultimately is what creates the person and ultimately the business person to be a great leader, to be a great example, to be a great um, contributor to our society. And that's hopefully where I will sit one day and hopefully I can be that to other people and the people that have supported and helped me. And I can't wait to be the person that writes out a check for somebody for $20,000, that I can see the passion, the glint in their eye. I tell you what, I cannot wait for that moment. Well, may it happen soon. <laughs> <laughs> so my question was, what is one vision that you have and where, where are you going now with 28? You know, my vision originally with 28, as I said, was to get out into retail and to all that and to, to be the number one aromatherapy company in the Southern Hemisphere. That was my original plan when I look back on my notes. Now my vision is to help one woman, one mother at a time, look at the potential of using lavender instead of Panadol. Like, I know that seems really, it might seem really silly, it might seem really small, but I realize now when I bring it back to the core, oh, it just brings tears to my eyes actually when I think about it. But if I can help one mum use a drop of lavender instead of 
putting Panadol into their child or that they can use something as beautiful as herbs and tinctures and oils from nature and to get back in touch with the innate intelligence of the body to heal that a illness or a disease or an injury is just a health expression. It's not something wrong with you. Your body is an amazing intelligent incredible vessel that deserves to be revered and honored and respected and if we can get back in touch with the circadian rhythms of life the beautiful rhythms of nature and the amazing intelligence of the body if we can tap into that then i believe we can heal a nation so a mum being able to cook a beautiful healthy meal and to then put a bath on for her children that she feels happy and it's not hideous hour but it is happy hour and she's used lavender to massage her babes after a bath and then she's got a spritzer beside the bed and as she spritzes their little faces and she says a good night prayer with them that they know that the most important thing is that their mum's got their back that they're safe that they're loved and it's those little rituals that I believe that these tools that yes I sell essential oils but in fact I actually sell the tools of self-care that's what I think I sell so if I can help one mum at a time get back in touch with that innate intelligence of the body of nature and of the rhythms of life then that's ultimately what my big vision is and how are you going to achieve that with the business so two years ago when I took Bruce on my business was turning over um, you know just over half a million dollars a year and um, we took the big leap and moved into these bigger premises and um, I took on an extra team member and Bruce said to me, you're speaking at a thing called the Wellness Summit. How many people are there? I said, there's 600 people coming. He said, great, what's your big ticket item? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, what are you selling? Because we knew it was a platform. Most of those events, if you're not paid as a speaker, you have an opportunity to sell, which it's not about becoming a self-fest. It's just an opportunity for people to learn more about you so that if it lights them up, they've got somewhere to go. So there I was on two days out from the Wellness Summit. And Bruce goes to me, what are you selling? I said, I've got a body boost pack. He goes, how much is that? And I said, oh, it's $69. And he goes, that's your big ticket item. And I went, Yeah. And he goes, right, I was hoping for something more around the three or $4,000 mark. And I said, oh, well, the only thing that I've got with that, which I've done nothing with yet, is for the last eight, nine years, I've had this vision of launching a program, an online program called the Health and Lifestyle Educator Program. And he goes, tell me more. So I told him, and it just rolled out of me because I've been thinking about it for the last eight or nine years. And as he was listening to me, he goes, right, I'd like you to launch that in two days' time on stage. And I said, but Bruce, I've done nothing for it. And he goes, I don't care, find a way to do it. So for the next 48 hours, I was in major perturbation and major confusion and major challenge. And I sat there in my room for two days and wrote out what I thought the Health and Lifestyle Educator Program would look like. And on stage at the Wellness Summit, it was my fifth birthday. And um, I mentioned that, I think that was the summit that you were at actually. And, um, and I mentioned on stage that, you know, it was our fifth birthday and as a consequence, I was really excited to launch my brand new program, the Health and Lifestyle Educator Program, which is actually a $6,000 program, but as a special for the Wellness Summit, I'm going to launch it for half price and it launches in October. So that was the August of that year. Well, I got off stage thinking, oh, okay, let's see what happens. And I had six people 
come up to me. Well, I actually had a lot more people come up to me, but I had six people sign up to the program and I was floored. And um, and the first person that signed up, the husband actually came up to me and said, I don't care what this is about. I don't care what you're, I really love what you're about. I want my wife to do this program. And Simon insisted that his wife, Anna, who was the first person to sign up to it, sign up and do it. And still to this day, and she's a kinesiologist. She had other um, beautiful qualifications, a mum of two young children. And he just knew that this program was just what she needed. And so, yeah, when I look back and think of Anna signing up, I had three months to write the program. So then I went into major oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So we launched in October that year with 12 people on the program and I've just launched our fourth intake uh, just last week and we have 27 people on the program and we've had 58 graduates go through and each intake I make the program better and, you know, I think that's the other thing I've learned, Diana, is things don't have to be perfect. You just have to be authentic and real and give value for money and part of my value is giving of myself and making sure that every person that entrusts themselves with me um, that I can be that example, that model, that role model, that mentor, that that person that they can count on. So, yeah, that's how I've done it. Wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> and it's fantastic. Mm. So where do you see those workshops going? Well, we've now, I've just been spending, this is another thing that Bruce is very big on, is making sure that probably a third of your week is spent working on the business, not in it, and it's very easy to get caught up in the business, as I'm sure you'll all know. Um, so this last week I've been doing a lot of planning around this and where the structure of the business is going. So from where I stand and the way it works with my business and the structure of it, we have an online, you know, I do online free webinars. So that's just free information that I'm happy to give out to people. And we do those for people to engage and to learn about self-care in a very, and that's my contribution. And I want to give of that time to people that, you know, not everybody can afford programs and can afford to do these workshops. So that's my way of giving back. Then we have our beautiful three-hour in-home sparkle event, which is um, the sparkle word came up because I asked a whole lot of people, what does beauty mean to you? And the gorgeous little six-year-old Mia said, beauty is being yourself but with a sparkle. So I always think if a six-year-old can get it, how come the rest of us can't? So that byline I trademarked as the byline of 28. So we have sparkle events, which costs anywhere between $10 and $20 a person to come to those. And I will give you a three-hour work shop for that then the next level or lead into that is we have a beautiful weekend retreat um, and that is around the 297 mark um, depending on where it is so people can come for two days and learn everything that I've got to teach them as much as I can in two days and it's a beautiful wonderful way for women in particular to come and connect and just to be and then the next level up from there is we're about to launch the Everyday Essentials program, which is a six-week online program, and that's a $797 program, which then leads into the Health and Lifestyle Educator program at 5997 which then from there leads into the Elevation program, which is only available to people that have graduated with me. And it's this has all come because of what people tell me they want. I'm constantly asking my customers and my beautiful graduates, what else do you need from me? What else can I I give to you and from all of that we're also launching a beautiful um, $49 a month self-care subscription um, which is 
a beautiful thing that you pay $49 a month and every month you get this beautiful self-care surprise arrive in the post because for most of us, we don't even know what it is that we'd give to ourselves for self-care. So, you know, that's that's where it's gone at the moment. Um, I've had a beautiful, uh, amazing soul from America who's very well known in the aromatherapy world approach me and say, let's do something together. So who knows what could happen there? Um, I don't know. The more I've stayed positive and focused on giving people quality content and information, even though it's never always perfect, um, I hope people can trust me enough to know that I will always, you know, find out the best that I can to deliver it in the best way possible. And and I guess my biggest driver in my personality is it's got to be fun. There's got to be some really good fun elements to it as well. So, yeah, that's that's what the model is at the moment. And, you know, maybe in five months, ten months, a year, you might turn around to me and go, Kim, your whole model's changed. I don't know. I'm just open to it being organic and growing as my beautiful customers demand for it to grow. So the lesson there is to listen to what your customers want. I think so. Um, I guess the downside of that is, you know, one thing that has been said to me is I have too many people in my grandstand. Um, I listen to too many people and then I get confused as to which way. So I'm happy now to gather as many people's information as possible or do surveys with my customer or ask the team or ask, you know, 20 top key people that I look up to what they think. Then I take that information. Then I go and see how it sits with me and my heart and soul and what does that match my values in the business? Does that match my values as a human being? Does it match my values as a mum, a woman, a wife, a partner, a friend, a daughter? Does it match all of that? Then this is the way and then I go back to the team and I go this is how I want it to be and I think that's the nice thing about being the owner of your own business even if everyone thought it was wrong it's still my decision so yeah. you know it's lovely it's lovely but most of them really are very supportive because it's the critical thinking the critical thought that goes into creating those decisions that's probably the most important part of the process yeah on that note I'm going to say thank you very much for everything. That's been fantastic. <laughs> and it's you're so right. It's just the critical thinking that really helps a business go through from one stage to the next. Mm. So thank you, Kim. I oh, really appreciate spending this time with you and you sharing your journey with us. And, um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you in the future. Oh, thank you so much and, and thank you for everybody taking the time to even listen. I'm very humbled that you've asked me. Thank you. We've spent the past hour with Kim Morrison, creator and founder of 28 Skincare and Essential Oils. She has shared some of the challenges she faced and steps she has taken to improve sales by over 300% in one year. As usual, there's so many insights, tips and hacks to choose from. So here are just a few. When times get tough, put one foot in front of the other and never give up. Another, the people you least expect have the greatest teachings. Be prepared to change your business model and strategy. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be authentic, be real and give value for money. Spend one third of your week working on your business and not in your business. Constantly ask, what your customers want and then see how it sits with your values and if the fit is right give it to them so don't forget to connect with Kim from 28 skincare and essential oils she's the links will be available on the show notes so as usual no man is an island it's a team 
My gratitude goes to Vince Jones for the music. To the team that helps me pull this together. To Kim for coming on the show. And to you for listening and reviewing our show. Till the next episode, special thanks goes to all the conscious business entrepreneurs who continue to give a damn about the impact they make.